I want to look at two words as we begin a new series this month of October. No, I've not forgotten Occupy, but I'm going to have to weave that in as we go along. This month, we're in a series we're calling The Importance of the Local Church and Its Outreaches. So what I'm going to be sharing with you today is very fundamental. And throughout the rest of the month of October, fundamentals in understanding God's love of the church his purpose for the church, and finding your place of service in the local church. So we we want our vision for church and its outreaches to be enlarged this month of October. And if that happens, which I believe it will, it will mean that Victory Faith Church will bear more fruit as we go forward in this new season that we've entered. Notice the word vision, where there is no vision. And the Bible tells us what that word vision means. It means, really, church, you have no sound, strong vision unless you understand through revelation the redemptive purposes of God. Everything God is doing on the earth involves his redemptive plans for mankind. And so that word vision, unless you see in to God's redemptive plan for your life, you don't have much vision. You do not understand God's will and purposes for your life. Church, may I hear an amen. You have to understand that all your days upon the earth, God wants to work his redemptive plan in your life. So unless you seek to have revelation of God's redemptive plan for your life, then your vision will be small. You'll really just be surviving. You'll really just do the best that you can do, and you may fall short of the will of God for your life. And the next word, where there is no vision, the people perish. Do you know that word perish is a very serious word? It literally means to die. Yes, that can mean physical death, but it could also mean that God's plan, God's purposes for your life never bear fruit. So it is, it is as if they are dead because you're not seeking his redemptive plan for your life. The word perish means to be destroyed. There are many people on earth whose lives are destroyed because they do not know God. They do not know the will of God. They do not understand the love of God. The word perish means to suffer 
destruction, or ruin. When we do not have a vision of God's redemptive purposes for our lives, our lives can suffer destruction and ruin. How does this happen? Well, church, two things. It means we do not have, either we do not have the word of God in our heart, or we lack the word of God in our heart. We may know a little, but we don't know enough. So, for God's will to be done, we have to seek the word of God in order to have a vision of his redemptive purposes for our lives. Or we might perish, and the vision God has for us perish because we're lacking in hearing. We've never developed spiritual hearing. You may be sitting in church, or you may be around people who are speaking the word, but you've never asked God, Father, open my ears to hear the word of God. Church, we have to ask God, open my eyes that I may see. And we have to ask God, open my ears that I may hear. And so that is very important if we're going to receive vision or understanding of God's redemptive plan for our lives. So October is vision setting month. And I believe the Holy Spirit will do a great work this month. It's important that we pause and take time to hear what God says about his church, the importance of the church in God's redemptive plan so that he can give us a vision of our part in the church. Hallelujah. Matthew 16 and verses 13 through 18 in the New King James Version says, When Jesus came into the region of Caesarea Philippi, he asked his disciples, saying, Who do men say that I, the Son of Man, am? So they said, Some say John the Baptist, some Elijah, and others Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And so other words, the people who were saying that really had no vision or understanding of who Jesus was. And then verse 15, he said to them, but who do you say that I am? Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you. But my Father who is in heaven, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail 
against it. Now notice, one of the first things we want to see is Jesus is saying, I will build my church. But if it's going to be built the way Jesus builds, church, it must be built on the rock of revelation knowledge. Built upon the word of God. Not man's ideas of what a church should be. Not human thinking. But Jesus said to Peter, he changed his name. He changed his name from Simon, which means a reed that is easily swayed, blowing in the wind this way one day, that way the next way, easily influenced. He said, Simon, I'm changing your name. From this day forth, your name will be Peter. Church, Peter means a small piece of the rock. In other words, he wasn't saying, Peter, I'm going to build my church on you. No, he was saying, Peter, I'm changing your name from Simon because the revelation that the Father in heaven has given you will make you strong. The revelation that God has given you will give you stability in your life. And so what God was saying is, I'm going to build my church not on a human being named Peter, but on revelation of the word of God. The word church means the called out ones. In other words, we are called out of the world. We're called out of our circumstances. Whatever position we're in, when we're born again, God calls us to come forth and begin to serve him and receive revelation of the word from the Father who is in heaven. Church, let me say this. Church ought to be different than any other assembly or gathering in the rest of the world. In other words, there should be no other gathering of people that is quite like the gathering of the church because we're called out of the world. We're not called to look like the world. We're not called to continue to act like people of the world and think and talk like people of the world. Church, we're the called out ones. Say the called out ones. Say I am among the called out ones. So church, we're not like, it's not the same as going to school. It's not the same as going to a restaurant. It's not the same as going to a party. Are you with me, church? Church is the assembly of the called out ones. Let me say again, Jesus is the builder of the church. In Christ's church, this is very significant. There must be a spirit of unity. 
A spirit of unity characterizes the true church of Christ. Because all the people who have received Jesus as their Savior and received the blood of Jesus to cleanse them from their sin now form a new thing, a new body. Church, it is different than any other body in the earth. We are the temple of God. I am the temple of God. You are the temple of God. He lives in us. He walks in us. He wants to take us where he wants us to go. He thinks through us. He will speak through us if we yield our bodies to him. So Jesus builds the church. We're the called out ones. He builds the church. The true church is not a physical building, but it is a spiritual body of believers in the earth who have been washed by the blood of the Lamb. That is the true church of God. And so God unites us and he calls us to be one, one with him and one with each other. Church, uh, uh, number three point that I would make about the church in the earth, that in Christ's church, differences and distinctions, that which separates and divides in the world, are of no importance, and they do not belong in the church, the body of Christ in the earth. Galatians 3 and verse 28 says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. That means that removes tribe. Church, it removes skin color. It removes every distinction that you look different than I look, so I can't associate with you. It removes all those distinctions. There is neither slave nor free. In other words, some people may have a different station in life. Some may be poor. Some may have much. But in the body of Christ, there is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female, that removes gender differences. For you are all one in Christ. That means men are not recognized as better than women. We know men, you're men. Yeah, we know you're men. But in the body of Christ, men are not better than women. And ladies, may I say, you've heard me say this before, women are not better than men. Everyone say amen. In the body of Christ, gender differences and divisions are removed. For it's very clear, you are all one in Christ. <clears throat> you know, I believe this is 
such a mark of maturity. If you can find a body that simply walks in honor and love, without making distinctions, without, without feeling one is better or above another, if you can find a body that truly walks in the unity of the Spirit, Jesus can do anything in that body. What gender we are, what color our skin is, what tribe we're from, what nation we're born in, how powerful we are or how weak we are, how famous we are, how rich we are, none of that means anything in the church of Jesus Christ. We're to walk in honor and love with all men. May I hear an amen. So you can see the church is different than any other assembly or organization in the world. We're called to unity. We're called to be one with God and one with each other. Ephesians 4, 1 through 6, let me read it quickly. Paul writes, I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling <clears throat> with which you were called. With all lowliness, that means humility, and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. For there is one body and one Spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. Hallelujah. So our oneness is with God and with one another. And this should be a hallmark, a sign of the church of Jesus Christ that we are in unity with each other. Church, understand this. The church is vital to carrying out God's will and purpose for our lives and in the world in which we live. In other words, the will of God will not be done in our lives without the church, without the body. You know, there are people who say, oh, yes, I'm, I'm a Christian, but I don't go to church. Well, I'm telling you, you cannot have the will of God for your life because in, every, in God's plan for every believer, the church is at the heart and center of his plan for our lives. So if we're not committed to a local church, then we will fall short of fulfilling God's will for our lives. And the church is central for God's plan for reaching a lost world. The church is the centerpiece of God's plan for reaching the world. The word church 
is used 114 times in the New Testament. A number of times when the word church is used in the New Testament, it means the church in the whole world, the church at large. But 90 times in the New Testament, nine, zero, 90 times in the New Testament of those 114 times, it is referring to the local church. The other times, it refers to the church worldwide, but the local church is the primary way God intends to accomplish his mission in the earth. Without the local church, God's will will not be done in your life and in my life. Without the local church, God's will will not be done in the nation of Kenya or the continent of Africa. Church, we thank God for big meetings, crusades, for evangelists like Reinhard Bonnke and so many others. We thank God for them, and this is a part of God's plan. Big crusades, every form of outreach that God equips people to do, we welcome that, we support that, we are for that, we commend that. And these big meetings definitely bear fruit. But the primary way that God does his work in the nations of the earth is through the local church. And big crusades can be much of a blessing to the local church as they come in and reap a harvest. But listen, statistics prove that more people are one to Jesus through individual outreaches and efforts through the local church than they are through big crusades, although big crusades are valuable. I'm not trying to put that down in any way, but I'm saying statistics prove more people are won through friendship evangelism. As you begin to pray for someone lost who you have come to know, and you begin to reach out to them with the love of God, statistically, more are won through individuals and local church efforts to reach the lost that are won through big crusades. Church, stop and think about it. Kenya may have a really big crusade uh, every several years, I'm talking about someone comes in and hundreds of thousands go to Uhuru Park for a big crusade. Do you understand what I'm saying? That doesn't happen every week. But there are people who cross your path every day who are lost. And that is the major way people come to Christ is through individuals 
reaching out to them. And the efforts, it looks much smaller than a big crusade, but if a church will commit themselves to evangelism and commit themselves to fulfilling the vision of, of the revelation of God's redemptive purposes, if you're committed to fulfilling that vision, I'm telling you, before you leave the earth, you're going to take someone to heaven with you. Hallelujah. So while we welcome every effort to win the lost, and we support it, and we bless it, the local church is still at the center of God's evangelistic purposes for our generation. When the Apostle Paul went into an area to evangelize, he was a great evangelist. He never considered that he had fulfilled his assignment in that area until he had established a local church and appointed leaders in that church. So he didn't just go in and evangelize. He had a revelation that the church, the body of the Lord Jesus Christ, was central to the saving of every nation he went into. He knew that local churches would continue to spread the gospel and win the lost long after he had departed from that area. Now today, church, the main point I want to make about the significance of the local church is that we are called to local evangelism. The local church is called to local evangelism. In Matthew 28 and verses 16 through 20, we read, Then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. Of course, this is after Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Verse 18, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I've commanded you, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. And everyone said, Amen. So Jesus makes it very clear he was shortly to depart the earth. Today Jesus is seated at the right hand of God the Father, on high, but he gave us every believer and every local church an assignment. He said, I will be with you always, 
And of course, he sent the Holy Spirit to empower us to do this work. But he made it clear that we, God's people, are to continue the work of evangelism, discipleship, teaching, and bringing others into the body of Christ after he left the earth. Let's understand Jesus' mission very clearly while he was upon the earth. Luke 19 and verse 10, Jesus himself states his mission. He said, For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. This was Jesus' mission. This was his redemptive work when he was upon the earth. He's come to seek, so that means, church, we have to go. And we have to look for. And we have to search out those who are lost. And then the second part of his mission was to save them by the shedding of his blood upon the cross of Calvary. And so evangelism was Jesus' call. And then in Matthew 28, he commissioned us to continue with his mission his call upon the earth, and he said to, e- to them and to each one of us who are members of the body of Christ, we're part of the church, he said, go. And so church, we need to understand what evangelism is. What is evangelism? I'm just going to tell you in a, in a very few words, this is not a teaching, but I will define it for you. It is the spreading of the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. It is the spreading of the gospel by public preaching or personal witness. Both are very powerful avenues of the gospel. You may not be a public preacher. You may be apt to teach. You can stand up and give a lesson, but you may not be called to be an evangelist or a pastor or so forth. But church, then there's the second part, and that is personal witness. And it is actually one of the most powerful ways that people come to Christ when you tell them, this is what God has done in my life. He loves you as much as he loves me, and he will work powerfully in your life. God's kingdom comes into the lives of others when we personally share his love, his word, and his power with the lost. So God has commanded us to go because he still wants to redeem men in our generation. The Great Commission tells us to go and make disciples 
So church, I want Victory Faith to have this understanding about the purpose of this church and the vision of this church. All our ministry, all outreaches, all the times we fellowship together and worship together revolve around God's great plan to redeem humanity. It all points to God's vision for this generation, for our lives, and for this church. His redemptive plan is at the center of everything we do. And we do not deviate to the right of that plan. We do not deviate to the left of that plan. God's redemptive purposes are at the heart and center of this local church. In fact, I want to share now the vision statement of Victory Faith Church, this local church, Victory Faith Church vision statement. The vision for Victory Faith Church is fivefold. To teach and preach the word of God in order to equip the church to live godly, fruitful, Christian lives which impact the culture of the nation. So you're going to see very prevalently in Victory Faith Church because Jesus said upon this rock, I will build my church, and he meant the revelation of the word of God. We teach and preach the word of God. I'll, Pastor Davies, I dare say, every time we come together, the word is taught and preached. Number two, it is the vision of this church to provide skilled, Spirit-led praise and worship that ministers to the heart of the Lord and changes the lives of the worshipers. This is the second part of our uh, mission and our purpose as a local church. We want Spirit-led praise and worship. Church, notice the first part of our services. Church, that part is truly for the Lord. Our thanksgiving, our praise, our expressions of gratitude, our high praise, our worship, it is to minister to the heart of the Lord because he's at the center of everything we do. He's the one we love. He's the one we cherish. He's the one that we adore. And so the first part of our service is for him. But do you know he's so wonderful? He turns our heartfelt thanksgiving, praise, and worship. He turns it back to us and changes the lives of true worshipers. Number three, 
The vision of Victory Faith, notice, is to evangelize and equip the next generation through outreach and education. Number four, provide anointed, dynamic children's church and youth ministry. Number five, engage in compassionate works of mercy, especially on behalf of Israel, orphans, and widows. And right there, those five fundamental graces that I've just shared with you is the vision of Victory Faith Church. Church, can you say amen? I don't know how you would argue with such a vision. I believe it's the heart of God for this church. Hallelujah. The local church and its ministries and outreaches, all the ways that we're endeavoring to make known the love of God, make known the will of God, make known the heart of God, I believe are contained in these five elements of this local church vision. Today, we're going to emphasize the wonderful work of evangelism, of discipleship, of mentoring and teaching that Kenya Secondary Christian Fellowship is engaged in. And Gladys Mukami, would you come up here very quickly, please? Gladys is the KSCF leader in Victory Faith Church. And Gladys, you may remember back in, uh, come right up here, back in late, the latter part of 2015, I was praying and asking the Lord, Lord, are we doing everything you want us to do? Is there anything, here's how I said it, is there anything we're not doing that you want us to do? And I mean, it's one of those times the Lord just came right back at me with an answer. And he said, immediately in my heart, evangelism. I said, oh Lord, we used to do more of that. Show me what you would have us do. The very next week, less than a week later, Gladys came to me and spoke to me about Kenya Secondary Christian Fellowship. And Gladys, I knew because I'd prayed the week before, I knew God was giving me direction of how we're supposed to do uh, evangelism. This is one of the major outreaches. See, this series is on the importance of the local church and its outreaches. And that concerns our will, God's will for us and the destiny he's designed for us. Church, when Gladys told me this vision of KSCF, I was so deeply touched in my heart because I already knew the statistic, but I've reviewed it since then. If you do not receive Christ by the time you graduate from secondary high school, 
you're normally around 18 years old, 19 years old by then. If you have not received Christ by that time, 82% of people never receive Christ. This is a critical evangelistic field. God has such a heart for high school students because he knows they're about to launch out into life as adults. And if they do not know him, life can be hell for those who do not know him. Church, may I hear an amen. If you're an adult and you do not know Christ, oh my goodness, it can be one bad choice after another till the time you're in your late 20s and 30s, life can have you pretty beaten down if you do not know Christ by the time you leave high school. So Gladys, I was so very touched by that. And from that point, you uh, told me that there were some leaders who knew we were a teaching church. They wanted to come and hear the teaching because KSCF is very careful about who they ask to come into the schools because of false teaching and all kinds of winds of doctrine and even heresy and witchcraft and very detrimental things that can be released to vulnerable people. So they came and heard us teach, yes, and they invited us to become part of the KSCF family in reaching uh, high schools in Kenya. And so from late 2015, we've been in KSCF. Uh, Let me just bring forth some statistics. This is just 2018, church. This is not 2017. This is not 2016, and it's not the latter part of 2015. But just this year, 2018, the year is not over, VF members, and the number is above this because when Gladys sent it to me, I've been reading our KSCF group feed and others were born again yesterday and Friday and so forth. But just this year in Victory Faith, 3,398 have been saved. Can you give the Lord praise for that? Just through the evangelistic outreaches of this one local church, 2,513 have received the baptism of the Holy Spirit. 499 have received prayer for restoration. Church VF is in 26 schools. We want to be in more schools. And we have 48 disciplers who are faithful and consistent. Now, I have such a desire for us to enlarge the evangelistic outreach in Victory Faith because I want us to go to more schools, we need more disciplers, and we want to bear more fruit 
for the glory of God. So, Gladys, you, are you in a new position now? Uh, yes, uh, I'm in a new position. Every time I talk to you, <laughs> you've received a promotion. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, for those, those who don't know me, my name is Gladys Mukami. I serve the Lord with KSEF, that is Kenya Student Christian Fellowship, Greater Nairobi Region. And I serve as a regional coordinator. That's the position of regional traveling secretary. And I'm the uh, one who is a, a full-time uh, staff. We don't have any other. So I stand in the position of a CEO of Greater Nairobi Region. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> yes. I have stayed in coordinating uh, four counties. That is Nairobi County, Kiambu County, Nyandarwa, and Kajiado. And uh, it, is, it is a great work. Uh, we have been uh, achieving a lot through the four counties. And God is helping us. We have more other 30 more churches, and Victory Faith Church being one of them, that we partner with. And uh, we are reaching now to the uh, nations, to the schools in this nation. Amen. Mm, praise God. Yes. I'm just so grateful. And so I asked Gladys if we could have a KSCF evangelist come and speak to, to us today and stir up this local church about the importance of evangelizing our generation with a particular emphasis upon high school. Because it really, for so many, will be their last opportunity to receive Christ. And so Gladys has invited two gentlemen to be with us today. I'm going to ask Mr. John Karanja, Brother John Karanja and Brother Simon Karimi, would you please come forward? We want to welcome you. Church, give them a Victory Faith welcome. Mr. Karanja, so lovely to meet you. You're most welcome. So lovely to meet you, Brother Karimi. You are most welcome. I want you to stir up this church to evangelize. That's the purpose for us today, is that we understand God's heart for evangelism in the local church. Thank you. We welcome you and have your liberty. Thank you. Thank you. 